for Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, mm-hmm. on the TV in front of me. I'll watch it when I'm dead. Um, I'll watch <laughs> it eventually. How's your morning been? Good. Had coffee. I am watching a show right now that you want to just get into in the it. Vein of Sopranos. No, no, no. I'm going to wait to talk about it until I'm done. Oh, okay. And I think I have two, three episodes left. I but saw, yeah. I will talk about. I'm sure I'll be done by next week, if not tonight. Um, <laughs> so I will get to that next week. But I do have a few things to talk about. Yeah. I will get the. I'm going to do a optimistic take on a movie I didn't fully enjoy. Um, <clears throat> that's really funny. Sorry. I think I know the movie. Yeah. I, I want to talk about it, but I'm only going to talk about the things that I enjoyed. <laughs> Our guest can chime in about it when he comes in because, uh, we saw this movie together, this film, this, this cinematic film, experience. A24 um, presents. <clears throat> yes. And I will say it's probably my least favorite A24 film, especially coming off of everything, everywhere, all the time, all together now. Um, <laughs> So, all together now all together after now. that brilliant film this movie i'm just never gonna say the name of it this movie is not this as is, high caliber i'm kidding this is it's enough this pen. is enough foreshadowing good morning good afternoon good evening <laughs> and good night no matter when you're listening welcome to poptimist a pop culture breakdown show focused on optimism and liking things i guess i don't know i just created it it's me your host billy and who's that over there it's my co-host what's your name I'm Dagny, the film men. Um, <laughs> let's get into it. It was. What's the name of this film? Men. And men. there's one man. How do you man. spell well, that? Well, no, there's two, there's two men. It's M-X-L. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's called Men. Um, M-E-N. I did not look up. I can't remember their names off the top of my head. Both actors and the, the husband in the movie. You're, hold on. He's helping me. This is cheating. You can't have a. Roy, Roy Keener and. It's fine. So he plays every man in the movie Jesse except Buckley. for her husband, Jesse Buckley. My what my good things about the film, they're great. Both of them give great performances. The movie visually beautiful. Um there's a scene in the tunnel that I thought was beautiful, and I will say the way I described this, the beginning of the film, the first hour, I think did a good job of capturing the uneasiness that women feel around men. Which I expected from this movie. And I think they did a good job of the just, you know, creepiness that yeah. men put off sometimes. <laughs> um, and I, I enjoyed, I'll say I enjoyed the first hour of the film. And then it got a little too weird for me, which I like weird. Yeah. But this had like, again, I'll let my guests speak about it as well. But the symbolism was it a little out there to the point that we had to do research afterward because we were like, what was the purpose of this movie? (laughs) Um, But if you like like body gore type horror, we have friends that enjoyed it. I I don't know. It was interesting. That's what I'll say. I glanced briefly. It was interesting. I glanced briefly at the like user reviews on IMDb and they are Mm -hmm. all over the place. I yes, saw a four-star review. I saw a yeah. couple of seven-star reviews. I saw one ten-star review where they were like, this movie fucking rules. And I was like, it's, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I will say... Because it's from the writer director of Annihilation, which is one of my and favorite. Ex yeah, never saw Ex Machina. Yeah, Annihilation, I loved. Um, I haven't watched Ex Machina. Anyway, um, the other thing that if you're going into it, it makes a lot of sense. The director guessed, what is his name? The director. Alex Garland. Alex Garland, thank you. Um, so 
uh, he said that a lot of insp- inspiration for the monster was from Attack on Titan, which makes a lot of sense once you see the monster in his full form. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, it's uneasy. Okay, the other two things that I really enjoyed, I will just say, we don't talk about music that much, but Harry Styles' new album, I've listened to a lot. It's very good. Um, I'm not even a huge Harry Styles gal. Maybe I am now, but... The is, new album, is, Harry's House, very good. Is it the one with the song that goes... Yes. <laughs> yes. Great. Uh, which is a great song. Song of the Summer, maybe. Probably, uh, honestly. Summer starts Probably. by the time this podcast comes out. It's Pride yeah. Month. Yeah. Oh, happy Pride. Happy Pride. Gay. Um, <laughs> Hello, gay. Hi, gay. Hi, gay. Um, so, I... Yeah, Harry's House, great. I specifically love that his main interview to promote the album was in home and gardens magazine um if you haven't looked up the spread it's great it's very funny and he his outfits are great so check that out and last thing i have to talk about a show yeah a show that and then and then the episode's over um (laughs) was i watched we crash and i've been trying to force everybody i know to watch it i know you can bleep his name, Jared Leto. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, he gives a good performance, um, but I will say the strongest performance was from the queen herself, Anne Hathaway. Sorry, princess herself. She's yeah. not queen yet of Genovia. <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get a Princess Diaries three one was, day if we're lucky. I think so. It's been in the talks for a long yeah. time, and yeah, that would be great. But we crashed. I highly recommend it. I had a really great time. I didn't know anything about WeWork until I watched this show. For some reason, I thought, I mean, it is still up and running, but I didn't realize that this original CEO was a little bit of a madman and crazy. Uh, But the best way I can describe Jared Leto is like a really good impression of Tommy Wiseau. That's the (laughs) accent that that he's kind of doing. But apparently his... Exactly. I've seen interviews now with the actual guy. And at the end of the last episode, they show a little clip of him doing an interview. And Jared Leto is pretty spot on. It's just cool. a, it's an interesting accent. But Anne Hathaway, my God, gives such a good performance. Everything she does is very good. And I showed you my favorite moment of the entire. I recorded my TV oh, and yes, sent you yes, a, a you scene did, where she put the, where the tissue over her eyes to she, suck up her tears before they fall. Yeah, she starts insane. Ugh, she starts to cry, but no tears fall to mess up her eye makeup. She just folds a tissue, lets the tears soak into it, and you see them soak into it. And then she, her face changes to this, let's fuck shit up. And then she does. Um, she becomes That's the cool. brand That's so marketing cool. agent, whatever I, her title is. Anyway, <laughs> so those are my things. Do your things. I talked too long. My things. I just had a birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy late birthday. Thank you for saying it again. Uh- <laughs> guess get just golf clapped. I hope you can hear that. <laughs> um, and not to brag, uh, I got a PlayStation 5, finally. I know. What a dream come true. What a treat, what a dream. And my sister, I can't remember her name, she got me oh, <laughs> she got me a video game called Deathloop that I'm obsessed with. I'm going to talk about Deathloop, baby. Do it. Um, so Deathloop is from Arcane Studios who made both of the Dishonored games, which I'm obsessed with. Uh, mm-hmm. This is kind of in the spirit of Dishonored. It's a first person action shooter sword fight thing. Um, but the basic premise is you play as Colt, who is a man stuck in a time loop. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, the whole vibe is very 1960s mod squad, bright colors, pop art. Um, Colt himself gets a few like powers. Like you can do like short distance teleports and like telekinesis. 
um, fun stuff just to goof around. And then a bunch of weird guns, which is great. And basically, you're on an island with a bunch of people who set up this time loop. And every day, the time loop restarts. But you learn very quickly that the only one who is aware of the time loop is Colt. Everyone else thinks it's the first day every day. So they all do the same things. So you can go like... And so basically, the game is set up. There's four regions of the island and four periods of the day. There's morning, noon, afternoon, and night. And you have to find a way to get all eight of your targets and kill them all in the same day to break the loop and escape. And so you can like... Is it hard? Yeah, because there's a ton of puzzles and mysteries and it's like, you'll do something in the afternoon and you're like, oh, well, who put this here? I'll have to come back tomorrow morning and see who put this here and then start the time loop again. But also there's like no lives. So say you make it like all the way to the afternoon and then someone gets the drop on you and kills you. You just wake up on the beach like you do again and start the day all over. There's no saving. You don't save the game. It's just like it slowly keeps track of it over time. Um, And you can play it really stealthy. But I was kind of shocked. It also kind of encourages you to run and gun, which Dishonored never did. Dishonored really liked it if you were sneaky. And this is like, no, no, no. You got like a bunch of really loud guns. Go nuts. (laughs) Like, uh, it's like, yeah, kill all those people. They'll be back tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Um, It's hilarious and it's a lot of fun. But the best thing about it, in my opinion, the thing that really makes it different is in games like Dishonored, especially like stealth, mystery solving games, whatever, you like learn the patterns of your enemies and you learn the like the patrol patterns and where everyone's going to be. And that it's the same every time you memorize it and you get good at it in order to keep this fresh. One of the visionaries is named Juliana, and she is the only other person who is aware of the time loop. And also she has the ability to jump into Colt's different loops. And so you can be out there hunting a target and then you get a little notification that says Juliana is on the hunt. Juliana is controlled by another player. So she's Mm. smart. Usually sometimes it's a new player and you're like, you're stupid. Yay. Um, (laughs) And dangerous. But then also because the, the way the game works, you can play as Juliana. And that has been the most fun for me. I did not expect and she it. she has the same fashion sense as me. She likes orange. <laughs> she likes 1960s looks. She's got big curly hair. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was sending her outfits. I was taking these screenshots of her outfits and going, Dagny, look at this. Um, but just, it's like, like you just pop into a map and you go, okay, okay, where is he? Where is he? I'll figure it out. You can like set bombs and traps. Uh, go. I, I usually like try to find a decent rooftop to hide with a sniper rifle. And I'm just, where are you, you son of a bitch? And you just wait for him and hunt him down. And if he kills you, you pop out. Uh, you have to kill him three times. That's to keep it balanced. He has a little revive. But mm-hmm. it's so much fun. Um, and on top of that, the art style is really cool. It's a lot of fun to play. Um, and the two main characters are not white which is nice for an action game, um, a yeah. mainstream video game. Uh, but it's great. I highly recommend Deathloop. I'm going to talk about it some more when I play it some more, but it's been, I mean, since my birthday, I've played it every day for like three hours. It's kind of a problem. So I'm thank glad, you. I love it. I bought it. I love it. <laughs> oh, um, and actually, I do want to watch you play it sometime. Um, um, and before we get into our guests, because that's what's next, I do want to briefly announce I have a really exciting stand-up comedy show on June 9th. Um, it is at the Pack Theater in Hollywood. It is called Trans Hilarious. It is hosted and created by Tuesday Thomas. Um, and it's an all LGBT with a focus on the T stand-up show. Um, I think I'm the only cisgendered person on this lineup, which is an honor. 
Tuesday said, it's okay. <laughs> I said, I said, thank you, Tuesday. I'd love your show. I'd love to do it. And she goes, she goes, yeah. And I'm, I, she goes, yeah. And you wear high heels and nail polish. So I'm giving you a pass. And I was like, thank you, Tuesday. You're just fucking That's funny. Nice of, um, that's nice. But it's going to be a really funny show. Tuesday's a genius. And uh, come out to the Pack Theater on June 9th. That's all. I just wanted to get that out there before I forgot. Nice. Um, can I introduce the guest? Who's I just, know you usually introduce, but am I able to introduce? You because he's sitting right behind you in the same room as he you right now? He's sitting right behind me. Go for Conveniently, it. he was over at my apartment this morning. Um, so our guest today, hold on. <clears throat> um, uh, one of my favorite people. I'd hope so. That was not nice. <laughs> anyway, um, writer, filmmaker, fight choreographer, handsome man, certified fresh boyfriend, we have brought back to the show, John Granite. It's me. I'm back. What? I was going to say, you're not just one of my favorite people. Yeah. I mean, I can't be here and say my favorite person with my brother sitting there. That's just, that's It is hard. I do have to compete against bro power. That's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. got a cool one. Cool bro. I do. I do. I mean, I hang out with him a lot. It's so. fucking weird. John, I know I've hung out <laughs> hey. with you all morning, but mm-hmm. h- how are you doing? Yeah, John. I'm doing well on this Memorial Day weekend. We, Spoiler uh, alert. We're roller skating. Ooh, we last night. That's what you told me you were going to do. Cool. We did. We were grooving on the rink, carving mm-hmm. it up. It was pretty awesome. John's naturally very good at roller skating. And I'm not just saying that, it's, but he's he's got a... It's got a feel for it. It's all the it's all the elementary function, elementary school functions that I went to at <laughs> our local all skate. Yeah. It was the thing to do. That's cool. Yeah, that's honestly that's it. really cool. That, I uh, shout out I was, to Spinning Wheels in Denton, Texas. Rest in peace. Spinning <laughs> Wheels. Yeah, that's where we went, one. and it was there it for was years and years and years. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Best. And I was saying that elementary school parties i was telling john this last night we it was roller skating and then we graduated to bowling parties at what was the bowling place called i don't know i never did bowling parties that was after i graduated i took you missed okay. out on the anyway, are you talking about main party. event no there was a bowling alley in denton oh, close to the mall yeah it's changed names Whatever. like six times doesn't matter um but that's where a lot of as we got older it was cooler to go to bowling parties um more, but, more adult yeah but I need anybody living in LA that wants to be an entrepreneur and start a roller rink with me. Moonlight Rollerway has a monopoly over Los Angeles roller rinks. That is There's, true. It's really just that. It's, and, it's, and you got to yeah. go to Glendale for it, Ugh. which is great. But no, it's, it's Glendale. Every TV show filmed in LA, if there is a roller rink um, scene, it it's, was filmed it's at midnight. Moonlight yes, Rollerway. Yes, every and single one. Always Sunny in the last season had a scene at a roller rink and it was I it took me out. I was like, this is not Philadelphia. This is Glendale, California. Dagny, it's never been Philadelphia. The outside of <laughs> the outside of Patty's pub is east of the arts district in downtown LA. But I like to pretend it it's is. right by the girl and the goat, which is a really nice uh fancy restaurant that is literally yeah. like if they would spin the camera away from the grimy building front they have, it's all the arts <laughs> district and little cafes and oh. bougie ass shops. Yeah. 
but they did film in the most recent season. I don't know really if you've watched it. I'm not I'm like two uh, or three in Ireland. Seasons. Oh, yeah, I heard which about that. It was very fun. Anyway, sorry. I oh, and, brought you in and then uh, <laughs> brief, brief, si- brief sidebar. Yeah, and I'll talk hell. I'll talk about it another episode. But I also I'm all caught up on Mythic Quest, which I really like Rob McElhenney's other show. Well, I haven't really watched yeah. that at all. It's um, fun. It's good. It's fun. It's funny, which is nice. Um, uh, yeah, I do really like it. But I also nice. want to say uh, at the end of season one, because of COVID, they did two bonus episodes. They did a they did a bonus episode that was all of the cast on Zoom, and they did another episode that was them all coming back to the office. Well, it was kind of just like in a world without COVID was the other bonus episode. Just it was just a nice one. But the all mm-hmm. Zoom quarantine episode of Mythic Quest is the only good quarantine episode of anything <laughs> I've seen. And I mean, I mean, I was shocked at how good it is. It made me cry. I was laughing through the whole thing. I was like, oh, you knocked it out of the park. It is, yeah. If you ever just I, I mean, it's too late now, but if we were all, like, still living and, like, not leaving the apartment, I'd be like, go watch just that one episode. It's so lovely. <laughs> uh, Leave it to Rob to make the best COVID, like, episode, well, honestly. It's also, so it's also a little talented. bit, it's also a little yeah. bit of a read on him because his character is the CEO of the video game company. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, stupid wealthy and a little bit of a dick. And you can tell for the <laughs> Zoom one, they just filmed around him and Caitlin Olsen's house. And it's like, oh, look at your big fucking pool, you piece of, no, I love <laughs> uh, yeah man what a power couple i do love them i do Both too of them are, and i'm They're still great. upset that the mick ended because that show the was mick was great great um but caitlin olsen is very good in hacks um yes, i'll get is. into hacks once season two is over um but yeah let's get into the in but let's you're right let's um, get into the show proper so here's a little introduction yeah uh, Poptimist, if you've never listened before, hi, welcome to episode 61. We've got a lot for you to listen to. Uh, 61. Right? Optimist is a... <laughs> optimist. Optimist. Poptimist is a play on the word optimist. And Poptimist, the podcast, is a <laughs> pop culture breakdown show focused on liking things. Basically, we have a guest come in with a surprise topic, and we hope that that topic is either something obscure or something widely regarded as bad by the general public. And then we'll have our guest tell us why they like it so much. Billy, I do have to tell you, I do know the topic. Okay, which I episode know is canceled. Off, but no, 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 no. <laughs> I think I the way I should have cut myself off earlier on the beginning because I think this episode might run a little long. But John, would you like to introduce what you've brought in today? I would love to. This is something that's very close to me. I've actually I'm working on a little project which kind of sparked uh i know exactly what we're gonna talk about (laughs) suddenly sudden real (laughs) recognition speaking of the uh, disney plus news tv show go nuts john oh my god that's right it's it's so perfect because obi-wan's just coming out and and i want to discuss the beloved prequel star wars trilogy (laughs) fucking yes okay i told him we haven't done the prequels yet so i said go nuts um but this is why uh our last star wars episode was an hour and a half long yeah go back and listen Um, to me and and kevin three movies to cover three movies yeah (laughs) not just last jedi i have so So, many hot takes uh and i mean okay well let's hop into it uh if you haven't seen have a hot take right uh we're talking about star wars episode one the phantom menace episode two attack of the clones and episode three revenge of the sith right Mm. off the bat do you have a favorite uh yeah yeah, i would say revenge of the sith is probably the favorite cool uh i mean it's just spectacular it's so dramatic and you have (laughs) some of the best lightsaber battles i will say not lies best lightsaber battle lies the best battle i'm gonna have a hot take go ahead oh you don't think it's okay well i will say the best lightsaber battle 
Phantom Menace, Darth Maul. It is literally what got me into karate. And I do like that one. Do you, you now? Are you mean of, of Star Wars as a whole? Because I I have a hot take on the best star lightsaber battle in Star Wars. I'm assuming you're going to say less Jedi's. No, that one's that one's good, but it's a little bit like the Phantom Menace one, a little bit too choreographed at times. Ah, I genuinely, I genuinely believe the best lightsaber fight is um, the one in the snow in the Force Awakens between Kylo and Finn, and then Kylo and Rey. And just because, just because it feels so much like a real sword fight, the blows are heavy. They're all trying to kill each other. The defensive blocks feel like actual defensive blocks. Whereas even though the Darth Maul one is great, it's it's hyper choreographed to me. I will. I, I understand. And I'm going to come in with some, <laughs> some nerd knowledge here. Yes. Especially with Revenge of the Sith. One of the things about the hyper choreography is that we have to realize that these Jedi have... I knew you were going to say this. <laughs> ...the ability to kind of see into the future. They have premonition sort of like thoughts and they have to... They can like see what is coming. So they have to like play off of that with each other, uh, which does lead to some hyper choreography. But man, do I love it. Yeah. I mean, like when Obi-Wan and Anakin are just twirling their lightsabers in Revenge of the Sith. (laughs) Spectacular. See, and and for me, (laughs) they do. They do do it for, they don't. They do it for 15 minutes. And I feel like there are no stakes for that entire scene. Oh, it's beautiful. So I just because just to get it, just it's to brother and brother, just to get this out. Clashing. Here's also my lovers and also lovers. Um, and lovers. We were talking about this the other day. Uh, if the Obi Wan TV show makes Obi Wan straight, it's not canon. Um, Obi Wan right. is not a straight man. Uh, but no, my 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 biggest problem with the prequels, as we get into this, is the fact that they're prequels. Which it's mm, it's all okay. it's really hard to write prequels because yeah. um, it is uh, because I find out. Okay, a lot of the what go ahead finish this thought oh, yeah, just, i do ju- want to let john just like go off no i know i know i just want to give you where it's just where i'm ahead. at with them because i do i actually i really like them and my favorite is probably the phantom menace of the three um not a bad call uh but i just i feel like they 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 <laughs> they put obi-wan in danger a lot <laughs> And then it's kind of like, they're like, what do you think's going to happen? And I go, he's going to survive to the fourth one. Because yeah. we've <laughs> seen him die. Like, we, even when these movies came out, the originals were already 25, 30 years old. And so every time they're like, Obi-Wan's in danger. It's like, all right, we have a five, a 10 minute chase sequence where we're supposed to worry about Obi-Wan the whole time. I'm not worried. <laughs> I'm not worried. <laughs> it, it is very difficult to do that. And I will say that, it, I mean, that, that's the difficulty with any prequel. Yes. I mean, we're, we're kind of seeing that with, you mentioned you're watching Better Call Saul, which also like has the same sort of like a bit of the same problem where I'm like, there are some stakes that are happening that I'm like, this is like anything that's like set up with Gus yeah. or anything. I'm like, oh, Gus is going to be fine. Oh, Mike's going to be fine. Yeah, oh, we've all the characters know, that all we've seen we've die seen. in Breaking Bad. We know they have to make it to the end. Mm-hmm. And so, at least by the later seasons, they've done a really great job of like subverting expectations. I mean, it's almost like because we Gus is such a villain in Breaking Bad, and he's still an evil son of a bitch uh, in Better Call Saul. <laughs> but more often, we're like rooting for him. And they mm-hmm. make like the other cartel really evil, and it's like, okay, we're going back and forth, we're playing with things. <laughs> How do I feel? Yeah, um, yeah. So that is that is certainly difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna step on my little pedestal. Yeah, here. go for I'm it. I'm so excited into it. Um, one, I'm a huge fan of tragedies. I'm a huge fan of Darth Vader. 
Yeah. So watching the trajectory of his fall to the Sith. Yes. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, just <laughs> so dramatic, so uh, to the point of being melodramatic, which bring it on, like honestly, <laughs> space opera, like yes. hitting all those notes. Um, it's absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Um, I, I will also say just in terms of like, and I'm only, I mean, obviously the original trilogy is the best trilogy. I'm going to only yes. kind of compare yeah. Yeah. prequel and sequel stuff here. Um, where. I just think overarching trilogy, uh, the prequel trilogy has a through line and it, it sticks to that through line. And we see this trajectory of the fall of the Jedi Order and the fall of the Republic and the rise of the Empire. <laughs> I'm so mad. yourself, Billy. Where, where, yourself. Right, he's I don't right. Think <laughs> the, the, the new sequel trilogy, we, we had different visionaries coming at it and every single time they came in it was like sort of this back and forth yes like, okay jj sets up force awakens ryan johnson is like screw that i'm making my movie and then jj comes back with the third one and he's like screw you rain i'm making my movie again <laughs> and so we have this like weird trilogy of just like yes no cohesion between the through line of the stories. I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, there I, is I, a little bit, but it's why I'm 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 gonna be upset for the rest of my life. Like uh, <laughs> in the sequel trilogy, there are I I genuinely believe the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi are better movies than any of the prequel movie. But as a trilogy, because the Rise <laughs> of Skywalker <laughs> is such a fucking mess, uh, it's a it makes the whole trilogy as a whole hot garbage. It makes no sense. It goes nowhere. Yeah. The the yeah. ninth the ninth film doesn't serve. Even though I do believe uh, Last Jedi serves the Force Awakens in a really good way, um, the Last Jedi doesn't even like serve the Force Awakens. Like it doesn't even acknowledge the other J.J. Abrams movie. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just like he he's you know Ram was just kind of like oh Snoke. Don't like them. Let's get rid of them. It's more interesting. All this, it's all good choices. I, I, hey, I think Last Jedi is the best of the the sequel yeah. trilogy, and I know that's like kind of a hot take, which I find so surprising. Um, uh, but uh, I digress. Uh, I met a guy at the sorry. I met a John. I met a guy at at the bar I work at who has a podcast, uh, and he's like fifteen years, ten years older than me. I said fifteen to be mean. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, the phrase real fan came out of his mouth and I had to bite my tongue because I was on the clock but I just wanted to be like look you're a 45 year old dude and you just can't handle the fact that your childhood icon is as much of a fuck up as you are and that's the thing they don't like, they don't like watching Luke Skywalker not be perfect they don't like watching him not be the golden boy and if he's not the golden boy then the whole movie is bad and then you can't even talk about how their misogyny yeah. paints their view of it I never really got that at all because I was like People change over the years. People are not always. Yeah. And, and that was something that I enjoyed. Like we do see Luke as this like young, ambitious, like, mm -hmm. you know, character hero. Uh, hero. And then to see that, I, I, I thought it was refreshing and nice. But anyway, I agree. Like Let's I said, go back hey, to the prequels. Man back out there. Um, I love that you can hear that. It's boy. literally. A, yeah. The guy pushing the cart by my oh. apartment. When we dog sat, he walked past us, and it's, yeah. it's loud. And I, uh, I literally was like, you know what? It's not. It's it's such a nice day. I'll leave the windows cracked for the podcast, and I have failed again. So honk honk. No, it's great. That's it's him. Great. He's saying, maybe, Billy. Maybe he's, the listeners won't hear. He's honking to say, Billy, stop talking about the last Jedi. Get back to the prequels. Okay. Yeah. I I even told John before this. I was like, okay, we can't focus too much. We can't talk too much about Last Jedi. Yeah. And 
yeah, most recent that's, because that's, uh, we've done an hour and a half on it. So. That's all. That's all I had to say about that. <laughs> is I, I think overarching trilogy prequel knocks it out of the park and and has a through yes. line that is that that it sticks to its through line and and we can see that well you talked about Um, it about it being a tragedy and that is something that works whereas like i feel like putting mm obi-wan in danger doesn't work and you're like okay he's gonna be fine the fact that we know anakin is going to fall does work because every time something good happens you're like buddy Um, you say you say anakin falling i feel like he rises to his truest potential you just love love that he murdered all those kids yeah, yes. you're really into that scene. Fuck those kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> Master Skywalker. <laughs> okay, um, keep going. Well, um, we're, yeah. I say we begin long ago in a galaxy far, far away <laughs> uh, with Phantom Menace. Hell yeah. Um, look, I, I get it. There's there's things that are wrong with it. Very political. Yes. Talking about trade embargoes right from the get-go. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, not instantaneously, like, super fantasy, whatever. But you get Qui-Gon Jinn and young Obi-Wan mm-hmm. out, going out, and, and on the run from the cis. Um, and I think there's just so many wonderful, playful elements. You you get pod racing. I fucking love pod I racing. Love pod. That video pod game racing. alone was worth that movie. Pod racers, the game, amazing, super difficult. Yes, <laughs> incredibly hard. And I was, I'm so glad. Super I mean, hard. Every time someone says that, it makes me feel better. Because there's definitely a part where I was like 11 years old, where I was like, I'm just bad at video games. No, that game was yeah. famously difficult. <laughs> it was hard. It was difficult. But who doesn't love pod racing? I, it's just such a, like, I could. That was the spectacle I, I of that first film. there to be film. like a pod ra- racing, like, miniseries or just movie. Yeah. Solely about the Tatooine pod racing scene. They should like, adapt. They me... should adapt the N64 game into a feature length film where they do different, different circuits on different planets. I'm on board. John has I... this on like a lot of things though, because he wants like a Quidditch specific movie. I want a Quidditch Harry Potter movie. And it's like <laughs> it's like Rocky, but it's with this fantasy <laughs> sport. Like who wouldn't want to watch I would like Quidditch to, movie? I would like yeah. to watch it where it's it's fun. it's the first time America wins the Quidditch World Cup. They're like a big yeah. show. It'd be like if we ever won the FIFA World Cup. We're like good at soccer totally. for the first time ever. It would be it, yeah. yeah. It's like the American what is it Livermoney School just dog shit Quidditch team, <laughs> and then this one kid comes in and he's like, guys, Underdog. we can do it. This is the one. Um, and it's Timothy Chalamet. And they, uh, yeah, he, he leads Dagny, the get team out. to the Quidditch World Cup. It's Tom Holland. Dagny, get <laughs> out. He's British. How dare you? He's not allowed to play an American. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forget. He's more American. I'm kidding. Um, his accent's good. It's sorry, Zendaya. Sorry. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, the, I would Zendaya. watch that. I'm sorry. I said her name wrong. Zendaya the... in a Quidditch movie? Hell yeah. Yeah, that's That'd what I'd sick. watch. That's what I'd watch. She'd kill it. She's I mean, like, she's what position does she play? Oh, she's she's the seeker. Yeah, and she's yeah. she's this okay, young she's this young say. witch from Detroit and she's got <laughs> <laughs> I like it already. Hey, you're yeah. speaking she's, to my, um, my uh muggleborn family. Yeah, we could do a whole yeah. it'd be great. Yeah. It'd be amazing. She anyway, I yeah, I, I think pod racing as its own yes. TV show yes. bring it on like Speed Racer, but I love Speed. Pod oh, racing. that's a great pod movie racing. too. Hot take. We should do a Speed Racer episode. All right, keep going. Speed Racer. I episode. talked about it Absolutely. last night bizarrely. We'll get it. We'll talk about it's it. It's a after. great movie. It is. And then, you know, we get um one of the collective 
moments in Star Wars history where everybody's mind was blown uh, with Darth Maul coming out with the double lightsaber. Oh, like, I also love the the fact that they don't give it to us the first time. Like when he ambushes Qui-Gon on Tatooine, yeah, he only ignites one, one side. Mm-hmm. Oh, amazing. And then that reveal, spectacular. <laughs> I just, like I said, I mean, that <laughs> fight scene is what inspired me to start training in karate. And like, a, a lot of people are like, oh, was it like Jackie Chan or was it blah, blah, blah? I'm like, no, it was Phantom of the Menace. <laughs> I mean, or Phantom Menace, uh, Obi-Wan, uh, Darth Maul fight scene. When I, he does. Like, told my dad, I was like, I have to be. Darth Maul, and he was like, "Well, he's probably a black belt in karate." And I was like, "Sign me up!" Yep, because he's also <laughs> he's also Toad in the first X Men movie, and he's done like a lot of stunt work. Oh yeah, um, he's he's a, an incredible stunt performer. My Absolutely. my my favorite thing in that fight, and I don't know what even what to call the mood. I don't know what to call the move uh, other than he does like a, a tour jeté over the lightsaber as he spins it underneath. Butterfly him. twist. That's it. The uh, butterfly I twist. Learned, I learned how to do the butterfly twist. Ray Park is um, Ray Park. Um, I did learn how to do the butterfly twist uh, because of that movie. It, it's so <laughs> spectacular. And there's so much aggression and just like passion within yeah. it. Qui-Gon's just been stabbed. Obi-Wan's like blocked by that like red I have to tell you. Thing. I have to tell you this. Dagny, do you, Dagny, do you remember? John's going to convince you by the end of this episode that they're the best well, trilogy. Dag- I want, Dagny, I want to know <laughs> That's if, my goal. if you remember seeing the phantom menace in theaters for my birthday do you remember what happened isn't this when mom and dad were like what what have they done to star wars no that was that was the third one that was uh revenge of the sith no i can't oh yeah i can't walk down there like let's see this ruined it what happened let's see if dagny remembers this this was back in 1999 when movie theaters still had (laughs) film reels and so we're watching the movie And as we're probably cut out as we're getting like three quarters of the way through, I mean, literally we've got like, it was, it had, I remember specifically, it was the scene where like Padme and Jar Jar are out on the field, like prepping before the Gungan battle and before Padme is going to go storm the palace. So we're like literally the setup of the climax. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are about to go fight and slowly the film is off. So you can see (laughs) the top, you can see the top of the frame at the bottom of the screen Mm -hmm. And then the rest of it, and it, it's slowly getting worse and worse. And then around oh, around whoa. this time, this we watched like you know, like the cliched ways did, watched the film melt on screen. Oh, so like a little no orange, way. a little orange hole appeared, and then it got, yeah. it got really big, really fast, and just was gone. And we were like, yeah. Um, and it was my birthday. It always came out in May. That's crazy. So this was like my birthday. One of my birthday things was we're gonna go see the new Star Wars. And they came in and they gave us our money back. And they said, we can either give you passes for another screening or there's another movie like 45 minutes behind yours down the hall. So we went to the bathroom and then went and saw like 30 minutes of the movie a second time and then <laughs> and then got to the end. But that's, I will never forget that. And that also might have been honestly one of the last times I saw a new movie on film and not digitally projected. Yeah. Um, oh, which whoa. is crazy. That's interesting to think about. I don't, right? Yeah, that's interesting to think about. Yeah. I'm not sure which. Yeah, because that would have probably been mine as well. I right? also think Attack of the Clones was the last VHS we bought before switching to DVDs. I I do remember Revenge of the Sith being like one of the first DVDs. Yeah. me buying. I, I do know Harry Potter. Or was was the first uh, DVD. Is this a myth? Hold on. Last VHS movie. Okay. uh, There was a, there was a rumor in my head that I just invented right now that attack of the clones was the last (laughs) VHS produced, but it was not. (laughs) 
Oh, Lordy. Um, um, yeah. Well, oh, well, you know, I mean, that there's so much I could talk about Phantom Menace. We have to get to the other movies. But like I was saying, the passion yeah. within that fight with Obi-Wan and uh, Darth Maul. Absolutely amazing. Ewan McGregor is so good. So good. Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, Liam Neeson, amazing. Um, and I do want to just point out, uh, you know, I do realize it's not a great element of the film, which is Jar Jar, obviously. You want to hear Lots my hot? You want to hear my hot take? You want to hear my hot take on Jar Jar Binks? You like him? <laughs> I don't know if I like him. I think he's a little too cartoony. I think he, they could have refined the characterization more. But totally, he has the oh, he has the job of the hut was in my brain. That's Sorry. funny. Jar Jar is delightful. Yes. I, I love Jar Jar. Um, Jar Jar has the has the best written arc of any character in the Phantom Menace. He grows the and most, he, he learns a, the most, he becomes a better he person by the a end. He freaking politician. Like, <laughs> who He's got the best uh, arc. He's got the best arc of any character. Gungan <laughs> would, like, go on to... Bumbling be, Gungan? Can that be the name of the episode? Bumbling Gungan. <laughs> That's funny. Bumbling That's a good. Um, but I do want to just point out, I think, uh, talking about, like, sort of, like, toxic audiences or like fandoms um i mean ahmed best who played him went through some really serious yes stuff people were to awful. the point of suicide which is which yeah, is uh, attempted suicide he's still alive yeah, yeah, yeah um but uh i mean just uh you know very very sad and, yeah. and i didn't realize because I, I when i was a kid i didn't care i didn't have much thought on on jar jar um, i was just like oh yeah he was like a silly little side character yeah whatever um and it wasn't until I had gotten older that I realized it was so bad. So, guys, they're just movies. Okay? <laughs> yeah, that's what they're I've always just said about Star movies. Wars, is of like it's a it's a fun space movie, and I know people. That's what I go to Star Wars movies. Yeah. That's why I love. Like, I enjoyed Rogue One. I enjoyed Solo because I'm I'm there for space adventure, and I don't need deeper, yeah. super, you know, and, and, and gritty look, meanings or storylines. It's can, fun. You can dislike something. You can dislike Jar Jar. That's fine. But like going to the point of for like just annihilating somebody's life and destroying it is yeah. not okay. No, um, not fun. Anyway. It, uh, that pertains to drag queens as well. Be nice to drag queens <laughs> online. Because drag race fans, are very... fans, I say in quotation marks, are Horrendous. Oh, does it get pretty, pretty brutal? Yes. Oh, people are assholes to mm. queens that have a have a personality. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> if they, yeah. Anyway, no one to get shame. too far into that, but yeah, be nice on the internet. Yeah. So, so we get Phantom Menace, and and me as a child, I loved. I did it. too. And I loved. I gobble it up. <laughs> I what loved is it? Phantom what is, Menace. I'm gonna be a pilot. What is that line? Huh? I love it when what? he's talking to Natalie Portman. Oh gosh, I'm a pilot. Him. I'm a pilot. Just, I love that kid. He's not an angel. That's what I was trying to think of. Are you, are you an angel? angel? So he's apparently, I think he's a, uh, not him. Someone in the first movie is a teacher now of some sort. Hmm. And apparently on the first day of class says, you get five minutes to ask me about Star Wars. And then you can never bring it up again. I don't remember if it's him or somebody else, but. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It's Ewan McGregor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ewan McGregor is a, a Oh, and a can, we, can we yeah. talk about how I didn't even realize for years and years, but not only do we have the incomparable Natalie Portman, um, but also yes. we have her body double played by mm -hmm. Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. <laughs> Uh, I thought they were the same person for the longest time. Even like same. after like there's the reveal that they are doubles. As a kid, I was like, no, oh, but they just had her play the double so that we, the audience, yeah, would believe the it. That's what I thought. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. 
and then absolutely and then someone no was idea. like i remember two, i was like of two like and she looks like here knightley i was like no she doesn't and then someone was like well she played the body double in phantom menace i said no that was just natalie portman twice and then i had to google it like 15 <laughs> oh. years later like an idiot yeah. It is nuts. Uh, let's talk about the costuming real fast. Incredible. I mean, Padme's costuming, always good. Yeah, that's like why we're going to go Like those big, like, bells that hang and... from her hair yes. in Phantom yeah. Yeah, so good. I want to like gong those. You know what I'm doing? Well, I just, <laughs> I just, I love, because they did this hang with the original them. trilogy too, where they just like take different cultures and mix mash them and then put them in space and you get these dramatic, glamorous, extravagant mm-hmm. outfits and they're so good. My Amazing. only costuming critique are the jedi robes because they oh, I, don't I'd wear a jedi robe well yes but they don't make any sense they don't make any sense because I... they all dress like obi-wan in the original trilogy because he's the only jedi we know and the only reason mm. obi-wan dressed like that was because he lived in the desert and was trying to stay cool and so it's weird that all the jedi dress dress like lawrence of arabia because they're just referencing <laughs> obi-wan in the future they shouldn't dress like that it doesn't make any sense that's why Luke's outfit in episode six is the best. Where the black jumpsuit. Is the black? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good look. It's a good look <laughs> yeah. for sure. But yeah, I just, well, I, I just didn't, I didn't like the, uh, the decision or I don't like that they're like, and the Jedi all dress like they just came out of the sand in Dune. And I'm like, okay. But they're like, <laughs> they're like monks, you know? I know. I, I, I don't see a problem with it. They are, <laughs> you know, very, very tranquil, very yes. monk, you know, hooded, priest-like individuals so that's why i I have no problem with that but that's that's my hot take their own there's nothing wrong with these films in john's eyes (laughs) oh no there's 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 definitely wrong things and we're about to get into one which is attack there we go (laughs) (laughs) one of one of the first movies for me to like watch come out of the theater and be like i don't know if i liked that yeah um and for the longest time didn't really like it i was like wow um I, I still think it's probably the weakest of yep. the, the prequel gene. Yes. Um, but we do get a lot of like really awesome stuff. Um I love the opening sequence. I love the assassin, the the assassin sequence chase is great. Awesome, yeah. Flying is, through Coruscant. We were talking about the fight yesterday that I really enjoy in that the like you, Coliseum the, fight. Mm-hmm. The gladiator, the gladiator battle, battle at the end. Which apparently is not well loved, but I it was one of my favorites. I thought it was super fun. What what's not well loved? The gladiator didn't, fight? Yeah, didn't you say yesterday it's uh, not considered that great? Oh no, I was saying I think the movie <laughs> Yeah, oh, it was a mo- okay. yeah. Alone. I don't think uh, I think like general consensus and Best Buy apparently agrees with me because I went to Best Buy to buy the the prequel trilogy uh this weekend and they did not have Attack of the Clones anywhere. I went to like it. five different Best Buys <laughs> and it was Phantom Menace, uh Revenge of the Sith, A New Hope, and then Return of the Jedi and then Rise of Skywalker. It was the weirdest selection. And Rogue of- One. Oh, and Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdest Jeez. selection of Star Wars movies. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Best Buy, not down with the tech. No. Um, but still really great stuff. I do love the gladiator battle. So spectacular. You get, sorry, Dagny, but you get Padme <laughs> getting the midriff cut. Like, which we were talking about entirely, entirely for her, just for the look. Just, just for the look. A lot of sexual awakenings during that moment, I feel like, for well, it's, it's, who we're going There's also that the... part where she, like, falls off the ship <laughs> and rolls through the sand for far too yeah. long. She's like, flop, 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 flop. You're like, just stop. And Obi-Wan's like, forget her! 
Yet again, he doesn't care about women. Do. He doesn't, no. especially if the woman is into Anakin, he wants nothing to do with them. Yeah, he's again, like, uh, 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 uh. we got uh, Obi Wan is a little queer, and yeah. I think they should play into it. Yeah. Well, that that romance is is beautiful, and if people want to see more of it, I have a project coming out. So. Um, you mean the Obi Wan uh, Anakin romance? Oh yes, hilarious! It's, oh, yes. it's great. You got to release it. Now you've told the world, so you got to. I know. You now I've like it. doomed myself that I have to release it. <laughs> It was just like a COVID project to keep me sane, but now it's now it's a reality. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't really have much to say about yeah, the clones. I to think, be honest with you, I mean, I feel like a lot of I think a lot of the missteps in Phantom Menace are made more prevalent in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. And this is a bummer to say, but I think um, Qui Gon hurts the trilogy um because he's so good and we want more of him mm-hmm. and then, it is so sad and then because he's so soon. and then because he's gone it almost makes me be like could obi-wan have just because obi-wan does fuck all in phantom menace until he kills darth maul like he's literally he's like mm-hmm. on the ship for all of tatooine so I mean, but he the, is a padawan learner right so i just i it makes me feel like <laughs> could we have just done episode one with obi-wan already a jedi and then we can build this relationship mm. with anakin earlier and make him more sure. important um, yeah. And then also to that, and so we come into Attack of the Clones with that stronger relationship already there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, I love Count Dooku, but there's also, I think, a parallel world where we don't kill Darth Maul at the end of Phantom Menace and make him a recurring villain for the trilogy, which I oh, also absolutely. think would have been more interesting. Um, oh, really? And- Speaking of sexual awakenings before we get too far away, Hayden Christensen in this film, very, <laughs> very handsome. I loved him. And I think that's why I enjoyed the prequel. It is. It is. is- Dagny, it is shocking to me how our tastes in men are so different. <laughs> which it's, which Hayden though? Yeah. Attack of the Clones Hayden or Revenge of the Sith Hayden? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, gross braid, say, gross braid Hayden yeah. or sexy hair Hayden? Yes. So he, I think, is more attractive in Revenge of the Sith. Yes. But um, the time he showed up and Natalie Portman's like, "Hello again." <laughs> you've grown. <laughs> yeah, you've Andy, grown. You've grown. Very cute, but the braid takes away from it. No, I would say Revenge of the Sith, Hayden Christensen, is very cute. He's excited got that he's angsty coming back. Glower I'm very as, excited yeah, he's coming back. And again, let's I love him. He's let's, so cute. Let's not forget on the new Obi Wan series, Nixium Survivor, Bonnie is back reprising her role. She is? Yes. Oh. Yeah, so if you oh, really? watch if you watch the HBO documentary about the Nixium cult that branded all those women, the first woman to leave and kind of sound the alarm, Bonnie is an actress who plays Aunt Beru in the prequels. Yeah. And she they, didn't get branded. She, no, no, she's actually, she, of all of the people who got out and then turned on it, she's probably the only one who's actually a good person. The rest are just trying yeah. to exploit this. But if doing this documentary about Nixium was to revive her Hollywood career, it fucking worked because she's in it Obi-Wan did. and I'm so proud she's of her. Bad. Yeah, I'm excited. She's, she's great. Um, um, but uh, the other so, thing about Attack of the Clones, though, oh, that oh. Uh, uh, speaking of fans losing their minds over things that don't matter, shout out to Samuel L. Jackson's purple lightsaber. Oh. Yeah, it's my favorite. What well, and uh, somebody we should have talked about in Phantom Menace as well. A beautiful addition yes. to the Star Wars universe. And I would, like, I would love for them it. to do any kind of loophole of he survived the Emperor's lightning and and a scarred <laughs> Mace Windu shows mm. up in Obi Wan. Anything, just give me more Mace Windu because he didn't get Mace enough to awesome. do in the prequel. I've I only... wish, uh, I wish somehow Daisy Ridley was. Uh, related to him. <laughs> if, we had, if she had to be related to anybody, you're a Windu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just no, the, yeah. I think 
that would have been very fun. I just remember, I just remember when the purple lightsaber happened and then the interviews were like, Samuel Jackson said, I wanted to be able to see myself in the group shots and purple's my favorite color. And so he just asked George Lucas, can I have a purple lightsaber? And then immediately after it came out, fans were like, what does it mean? It's a deeper, he's because he's this (laughs) kind of Jedi. And it's like, it's because Sam Jackson likes purple, you dummies. I love it. (laughs) My favorite. He liked purple. It's it's great. And man, that like very nonchalant beheading of Django Django Fett. Fett. Yep. Just, oh man, is there a smoother execution? (laughs) It's so smooth. Um, And he's just like, whatever. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's just it's just uh, a bummer that so much nothing happens in the second one. Like a lot of grand yeah. set pieces that you're like especially because in episode in in A New Hope they talk about the Clone Wars and it's like we're going to mm-hmm. see it and it's like you're going to see parts of it kind of from you're a gonna distance. You're going to see the like beginning of like the initial battle yep. into the Clone Wars. Yep. And that's all and that is like something that I was sort of disappointed in. Of course we get the Clone Wars television show. Which Hell yeah. I've only watched the uh, Gindy Tartar... Tart- uh, shoot, I can never pronounce his last okay. his name. Tartakovsky. He's the guy who did um, Samurai Jack. Oh, yeah. Uh, that show's great. He has a Clone Wars mm-hmm. series, which is awesome, and an incredible Mace Windu episode, yep. if you ever want to ch- check it out. Um, but that is... Um, that, that, that's all I kind of like saw of the, the Clone Wars. So... Would have loved for Attack of the Clones to be a little more Clone Wars heavy. Yes. Yeah. And to maybe like introduce General Grievous, because now we're getting into Revenge of the Sith. We're but... yeah, third <laughs> third movie, third villain, where yet again I do yeah, if you could just have Darth Maul through all three, you've got a recurring scary monster man. It would yeah. be awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean you do have I mean, cause Darth Maul does like come back in those TV series yep. and he's got the like um the cybernetic dick legs yeah the cybernetic legs i'm just Uh, assuming i'm just he's got to have a cybernetic dick right right in email us poptimuspod at gmail.com do you think darth maul has a cybernetic dick do some do some deep digging comment uh give us five stars if you think he does Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh oh revenge of the sith so revenge of the sin sith this is where the fun begins, everybody. In the uh, third movie is where uh-huh. the fun begins. Well, that's what Annie says. So that's oh, that yeah. is it kickstarts the movie. It does. This is yeah. where the fun begins, and he zooms in with his his spacecraft, and they're going to save Palpatine. I love that entire like the whole Palpatine arc in the opening. prequels is great. It's amazing. I was uh, I think like in the original cut that whole rescue scene lasted like maybe an hour or or like 45 minutes of the movie or something along those lines which honestly bring it on yeah (laughs) um so great sneaking onto the ship they're in the elevators and like oh my gosh it's it's great the ship is tipping and they're like yeah running down this like falling ship and have to eventually save it and, and just sassy another banter happy landing. never ending oh. never ending sassy banter yeah i love They're flirting, the sassy you mean? Ban- yes. banter They're yes flirting it is adorable and so cute <laughs> and uh they're, they're great um they have such wonderful chemistry land that ship then we get more into politics and unfortunately but i mean star wars is a political it's oh yeah billy's gone off about this oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah about what? About the the politics? The politics. The politics. I mean, Star it's, it's a space opera. It's, oh, yeah. you know, we, we have world, to have those yeah. elements of the social and hierarchy of this world and how it eventually falls into the hands of the Empire. Obviously, probably something to explain. Yeah. So mm-hmm. while a lot of people like 
hate on it for all of this politics. It's kind of important. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. And it, it also, I do think um, uh, as much as like sometimes the politics, especially in Phantom mm-hmm. Menace is really dry. I mm-hmm. do think the it's, I really like the choice of that. The emperor was, I mean, it is a hostile takeover, but the, the fact that it, it was like done legitimately, he took their own laws and used them against them. He put himself in power. He worked oh, his totally. way up. He then used the war to give himself more power. He then made mm-hmm. himself emperor for the safety of everyone. It's just, it's such a like clear cut. Here's how fascism happens. Um, Absolutely. That I do really like that. And then they oh, were no, like, and the cherry great. on top is this batshit insane lightsaber battle in the Senate and then, hall between yeah. Yoda and the Emperor, which is so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so great. good. Oh, we're gonna get, we're gonna, we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about the final fights because the end of Revenge of the Sith, I could just. I have, I have another. To make your trailer. This is <laughs> true. I have another hot take. Another hot Bring take. On. Yoda should have never pulled out a lightsaber. Oh, I don't. No, I was all about. I it. don't love. <laughs> I don't love bouncing, <laughs> bouncing baby Yoda. I know he's not a baby, but you know, bouncing. I don't love it. I don't. He. I, whatever. You know. I get it. And uh, I remember when I saw Attack of the Clones and it first happened, it blew my mind. I was like, Oh yeah, this guy is on some ketamine, you know, or what, <laughs> yeah. like doing some sort of drugs, and he is just flipping out on Dooku. Bring it on um no that moment blew my mind it. too i just in hindsight i'm like yoda's so cool for like different reasons like you could have just leaned oh, more absolutely. leaned more into just like him just using the force be like actually your lightsaber is now just in pieces leave yeah. you can you leave wanted yoda like, like park and bark them. and just and i am people. telling you <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i'm not going the park and bark experience yeah. or uh, performance yeah uh, but it wouldn't be nearly as exciting. No, you I know, that yeah, no, it was you so know what? Cute. It's fine. I'm For done. What? Him what? bouncing everywhere it was very fun. It's you know, it's it's something. You it's have a little to... ball, a little goofy little green ball Ooh. jumping all over the walls. He's 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 a master Jedi. But um, <laughs> we get Did some I iconic. You by calling him a bouncy green ball. That's essentially what he is. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of nailed it on the head as to what that fight is. Yeah. But you get all sorts of classic lines in Revenge of the Sith. This is where the fun begins. Another happy landing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uncivilized. I mean, oh. <laughs> does it get any better? No. Not really. It doesn't, John. You know what? You go to Yupatau. Some, some of the dialogue is bad, but the one-liners are so good. Oh, well, that's what I think makes it such a, a charming, like, almost, like, culty movie where you have, like... This, oh, it's almost camp. Who, like, Obi-Wan is love, camp yeah, in the third one. it is campy. And, and like, I, I'm all for the camp. Like, I think that was something that maybe was missing a little bit from the sequel trilogy. Yes. <laughs> and, it it like, took just, itself too seriously. I think yeah. that... Over, or overall, I think the they were just trying to please the fans, and, and yeah, I think it took itself too seriously. And George and was like, "Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce many chlorians. I'm gonna introduce all this weird stuff that hey, you guys might might not like, but too bad. Too this bad. is my universe, <laughs> and I'm gonna talk about little kind of like sell your midi chlorians that are you know counted in Jedi and, and yeah. determine your your." Your ability to use the force, which is what he wanted to explore further in the sequel trilogy, which again, I'd be like, you know what, George, go for it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. I would rather have seen him like do something strange and bizarre with midi chlorians than to like get a regurgitated sort of Yeah. Yeah. Trilogy. Well. um, Which is what I kind of. Yeah. But let's bring it in. 
we get Obi-Wan on Ubatau. He takes out, well, first, hello there, and <laughs> takes out General Grievous. Have you seen the the extended cut at all for no. like, the chase? No, because 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 the chase is is the biggest example of my problem with putting Obi Wan in danger. It's that's my big. It's like the whole chase with Grievous is just literally. I feel like I'm just waiting for it to be over because we know how it ends. Oh well, you should watch this extended cut. It is nuts. There is a part. <laughs> Where Grievous and his like little cyclone, whatever, like cycle. His, yeah, his like gi- his big wheel, which is also kind of like an animal. It's like got legs it's, on it yes. too. Like, I love <laughs> it. It's so good. Um, but there's a part where he like goes into a sort of subway system and just obliterates all of these trains and is just like crash course on with all these trains. <laughs> Filled with people, they are getting <laughs> annihilated as General Grievous is just like mowing them down in this train. And <laughs> Obi Wan's like having to dodge the trains in his little gecko thing, and uh, <laughs> it's 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 nuts. It's like fifteen minutes long. Wow, I mean, the, it is the it's longest crazy. Star Wars movie of, out of all of them, isn't it? Revenge of the Sith. Maybe it's. I, I mean, it's pretty long. Yeah, it's like almost three hours, and I think it was the longest when it came out, and I think it still is. Two. 220 220 does it just feel long <laughs> <laughs> there are definitely parts that feel long in the entire prequel trilogy yes but i liked it though i remember really enjoying revenge of the sith even with the the ending the very dramatic natalie portman death she um, dies being so sad yeah it is it is a bit of a like okay all right, you're so sad. My heart, you're breaking my heart. You're breaking my heart. Yeah. Um, this was my favorite but, joke. My favorite joke is the meme where it's it's that scene and she's crying and it says, "Padme, what's wrong?" And it just says, "My dialogue is so bad." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Padme doesn't get the best. No, it's show a bummer for her character. It is. It is a bummer. Um, but. We do get an awesome battle between Obi-Wan and Anakin at the end. Yeah. Which, okay, so wait, you're saying you don't like this fight? Is that what you're trying to tell me yeah, yes. right now? Yeah, I say oh. it's too long, it's too choreographed, and it's Not too predictable. Uh, give me an entire Revenge of the Sith where it is Obi-Wan <laughs> and Anakin fighting on Mustafar for the entirety of the movie. I'd watch it. It'd be like the raid on Mustafar and like give me that movie because it'd be amazing. Um, no talking, just by me. A couple of one-liners here or there. I failed you. Yeah, I have the high ground. If you're not with me, you're against oh, me. Beautiful, exactly. I but, hate you. Uh, oh, the passion. Yeah, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> um, I oh, will say I, so that that scene is great. The Anakin's limb removal. Um, and it also, yeah. it also gave, brutal. it's brutal. It and that, that yeah. I did like, cause it's like, why is Darth Vader in the suit? Yeah. And it's like, well, he has no arms or legs and yeah. he has lava burns over most of his body. And you're just like, Oh, oh my yeah. God. And it's Obi-Wan's fault. I mean, it's Anakin's fault, but like just the fact that Obi-Wan did it to him. Obi-Wan um, shares a little of the Yeah, blame. but yeah, Obi-Wan <laughs> lets him know. He's like, I will do this. He's like, yeah. he's, like he's like, I will fuck you up. Yeah. I mean, and I, oh, I, yeah. I also do oh, believe too. Obi Wan could have killed him with that flip and couldn't do it. Like, just could not. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, no. And have you seen the uh, the Oh I Hate You outtake? No. It's it's obviously just like a rehearsal. But uh, uh, Hayden is on the ground in all the makeup, all the burn makeup, and he looks up and he goes, 
Oh, I hate you. With a smile on his face. <laughs> it's so funny. We gotta oh, watch it after. That is That's funny. I am immediately watching. Uh, oh, oh, Aiden. oh, I hate you. Oh, I hate you. Yeah, it's oh. funny. It's very funny. Aiden, Aiden, and that's, Aiden. And that's, I'm so glad he's back. I am too, because it seems like that, where you get to see him like be a good actor. And you're like, yeah. You're yeah. like, God, you had some really garbage scenes you had to struggle through. I'm so sorry. Because mm-hmm. like, he... Because he is, there's no middle ground. He is either a piece of wet toast or just balls to the walls good in all in both of these movies. Hayden Christensen is to Star Wars what Robert Pattinson is to Twilight. Where he didn't get to shine, and I want him to have his moment to shine as an actor. Robert Pattinson did so much afterward to become, you know, Batman. Um, yep. And yep. I want Hayden Christensen to have that moment too. Yes. Well, that comes back to like sort of this like toxic fandom yeah, as well again that like really just like destroyed him and hayden if you're listening to this i'm sorry we love you <laughs> we love you we cannot love wait you. to see you come back as darth vader i'll leave john Obi-Wan. for you i'm just kidding i'm joking wow okay I'm joking i love you all right I, I, thanks I, for I, listening I to poptimus <laughs> great yeah, yeah we gotta john go have me broke up couples ca- <laughs> counseling now. Yeah. no 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 i would never <clears throat> yeah right. but that's um, why we're going as padme and anakin for halloween uh, <laughs> no, I'm, we did discuss it. It'd be fun. It okay, keep going. Fun. Sorry, I got us off track. No, I mean, I, I, I don't know what. El- oh, what I will also say, superior is John Williams' score. Oh, we get we got Duel of the Fates. Yes, we get Battle of Heroes. Beautiful. It, it destroys like most of Star Wars like music score. Yeah. Uh, besides, I mean, you have Vader's theme, and you have the uh, right. original. No, theme, John Williams like didn't have to go that hard. Uh, and he said, of course oh. I do. I'm John Williams. Yeah. Never, he never has and to go as hard as he, he goes. He just never goes good. as hard in the sequel trilogy. I mm-hmm. didn't, there was, I was like, okay. Yeah, the, the, all of the, all uh, of the really good music in the sequel trilogy is the lighter stuff. Like Ray's theme, like the, the, yeah. the quieter music is so good, but I don't think there's it's anything as iconic and, as and, the, as mm-hmm. Duel of the Fates for the action scene. I mean, I can listen. I literally listen to Duel when we went on this podcast. Yeah, it's so good. Up. Uh, it's just legitimately an excellent song. One of Phantom Menace was probably one of the first soundtracks that I bought, uh, or first CDs that I bought. It was, it was that, and it was the Harry Potter soundtrack. We're seeing a theme here, folks. I really like Star Wars and I really like Harry Potter. (laughs) Um, But no, those were definitely two of the first CDs that I ever bought was Phantom Menace. And just listen to duel of the fates i i mean repeat. phantom phantom menace was a vhs tape that i watched over again for sure yeah just like burnt into your television a little bit mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah uh but uh uh I, i'd be curious uh to hear your thoughts on the prequel trilogy or because because i think i've wrapped it up yeah i just love it I, 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 overall i just think it's a it's a better trilogy yes i love the tragedy of darth vader i i just think that was it was just wonderful, or not wonderful to see, but yeah. it was just really great to see well, like, yeah. this character go to the dark side. Can I and- Go ahead, Dagny. Oh, I was going to say, before I get Billy's thoughts, because I'm sure it'll last a few. How dare um, you? I do. <laughs> I want to ask John, because I tend to ask this when whenever somebody brings in something that's considered not liked, um, which if you had to like give a one minute summary of why you think the fandom hates, not hates, but they're so disliked, how would what would be the the bullet points of why you think people don't like this, mm. and maybe things that you like that you know? 
contradict it? I think a lot of people didn't enjoy. I know Minichlorians was a huge yeah. turnoff for people, kind of, because I know people really enjoyed the ambiguity of the force and it just kind of this mysterious sort of mysterious yeah. force use that word in but <laughs> and then and then george kind of like comes in and he's like no 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 there is a science to the force and you know like it is this uh thing that's kind of like in your blood that you know people have higher levels of or lower levels of yeah, you know, yeah. We, we can kind of um gauge your force ability based off the midichlorians i know that was a huge kind of like big thing honestly first time that i watched it didn't even really pick up on the midichlorian thing right no, <laughs> i was I, just like yeah. sure fine whatever they got midichlorians nah. great um so it really didn't it didn't really affect me all that much um uh yeah dialogue well it's you also know, george yeah, the wrote yes. all of the all of the the, the um movies and it's very well known that with the original trilogy, he had a lot of help with kind yeah. of like polishing up the script. He didn't direct all of he didn't direct all of the movies. Yeah, like, uh, he, he did um, every. Yeah, he should have. It should so, have been more collaborative, and I think that would have fixed a lot of the problem. Yeah, absolutely. He he definitely like like had the power at yeah. that point. Like where it was like I can do whatever I want, and look to a point. That's that's fine. I do think people he did need to have like some people in there to rein him back a little bit and just be like, uh, let's 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 think about this. And <laughs> yeah. I think even George, there's like kind of like that cl uh, that clip where George is watching the one of the cuts and he's like, I may have gone a little too far. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's, well, it's like the, so one of the things that the movies do is that the tone gets a little off because he likes to have multiple climaxes happening at once. Mm -hmm. And so as much as I have talked about how much I like it, one of the problems with Phantom Menace is that immediately after Qui-Gon dies and it's like devastating and shocking, we cut back to Annie being a little goofball blowing up the ship. Yeah. And he's like, Wee! we were like watching a child have the time of his what life. This button and then we cut, <laughs> and then we cut right back to like Liam Neeson bleeding out on the floor. And it's like, what are, what yeah. is, what there's three movies happening right now. And I don't know how to feel. <laughs> It's it gets a little overbearing yeah. for sure. Yeah, but um, it's it's absolutely in in like this like Greek myth sense. This mm -hmm. trilogy works really well as it it almost feels like you're watching a re you're not watching the actual story you're watching a retelling of the story. Like once upon sure. a time there was a boy named Anakin and he was a big dick and we're gonna explain how we got mm -hmm. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let me tell you the story. A yeah. Dramatic reenactment. Yeah. yeah. And there's just a couple of like technical things that are irritating. Like my biggest, one of my biggest qualms is it's so green screen heavy that the mm. actors don't know the scale of the space they're in. <laughs> um, and the biggest, the biggest uh, the, uh, criminal, the biggest problem is uh, in uh, the third one, uh, they, they finally realize Palpatine's the bad guy. And mm -hmm. Anakin goes to Mace Windu and he's like, Palpatine's the bad guy. And Mace Windu's <laughs> like, let's go get him. There's let's no time to waste. And they are in this massive hallway with like 50 foot ceilings. And at the end of the scene, they're like, let's go get him. And they kind of slowly wander off. And it's like, because the actors didn't know how big the hallway was they were in. They were just in a green room. <laughs> and you know, if they would have been told like, oh, hey, by the way, this is like a really big hallway. You, they would like have moved faster. And it just, you can, there's like a disconnect at times between what For the sure. actors are doing and the space they're in. It also happens yeah. in the confrontation with Grievous, with Obi-Wan where mm. Grievous pulls out four lightsabers for the first time. And you're like, oh, fuck yeah, four lightsabers. And then he spins them all really close to Obi-Wan's <laughs> face. And Obi-Wan doesn't even flinch. 
And it's because yeah. Ewan McGregor was not told how close he was to, to Grievous or what Grievous was doing. <laughs> they were just like, he pulls yeah, out lightsabers like, and you stand there to face him down. And so Grievous like could have just cut Obi-Wan's head off and he just stands there and he's like, thanks for spinning Grievous those. Grievous is too showy. Yeah. Mm. So it's, you know, like it's kind show. of, it's little things like that where it's like, this could have been cleaned up. This could have been, we could have had like another, someone to go, hey, George, reevaluate this. Maybe do yeah. a little, you know. Yeah. Yeah, tweaking here and there. So, yeah, I mean, like, it's by no means a perfect trilogy. It's definitely, it has its faults, and that is fine, in my opinion. I still find them very enjoy- enjoyable. I go back to them, like, fairly often and just have a grand old time yep. watching my boys' lightsaber battle. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just think it gets a little, a little too much hate. I, Guys, yeah, give, yeah. Give it a give it a give it another go. I well, it was yeah. also it was so there's also a culture of hating popular things in the early 2000s that Star Wars sure. definitely fell into, and it was like so. It's honestly, it, it almost feels like the reaction to Star Wars, both the prequels and the sequels, is kind of where this podcast came from because so mm-hmm. much of the of the culture <laughs> of like red letter media picking apart every every single piece of the Star Wars movie. Um, the the YouTube channel, everything wrong with so and so in seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie plot yeah. holes, all yeah. of these like YouTubes that are just exist to be like, <laughs> I couldn't make a movie if my life depended on it. But let me pick apart yours. But let me just yeah, <laughs> and, and like, like of like to like a weirdly nitty gritty yes level where I'm like like uh, kind of dumb. <laughs> he came around the yeah. corner on his right foot, but when we cut to the other camera, he's on his left foot, and it's like fuck off. Yeah, like a- that's <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, no, so I, 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 I know I love this because I, I do think I also think Star Wars is more fun if you don't fight it. <laughs> yeah, and that's totally. why I like them. And the it's prequel, almost like it's this fantasy yes. sci-fi world <laughs> where like things aren't real. Yes, uh, <laughs> it is. It is wizards and knights in space. That is yeah, all we're doing. Yeah, and have a have a good time with it. And yes, I can talk about like how much I hate Rise of Skywalker because it fulfilled the promise of the first two movies, but it's also totally. fundamentally bad filmmaking. Um, whereas the <laughs> other ones are just messy. Um, yeah. Uh, so I just well, can't. I just can't get over that there is in. in sorry, this last thing that in the Rise of Skywalker, there's a character that says twice. Ray, I have to tell you something. And then the movie ends without that ever being addressed. And it's like, why didn't we just cut the first two instances of him saying that? Because now we just go, did you even watch this movie before you released it? (laughs) One of my favorite lines, I think it's Rise of Skywalker, and I I would make fun of it so much, but there's a line that Oscar Isaac Poe uh, Dameron gives, and he's like, we are the spark that ignites the flame. And I just think it's so funny. I would always be like, we are the spark that ignites the flame, that ignites the bonfire, that ignites the... <laughs> I just, I just, I, I knew I was in for a rough ride when they had the audacity to call Laura Dern's desperate last minute decision to hyperspeed through the other ship and save the last remaining rebels who hadn't been blown to smithereens yet as the as the holdo maneuver that won't work again i was like fuck you fuck all yeah. of you <laughs> fuck this yeah. script fuck that how dare you holdo maneuver is that in rise of skywalker in rise of skywalker I, greg greg grunberg is like oh you mean the holdo maneuver and i was like this is literally jj abrams going i'm so mad i didn't think of this now i'm gonna undermine yeah. it well, see and that again i think is like it was definitely jj and rain like competing well, it, with each other. competing but also it feels like the it feels like after last jedi came out 
Lucasfilm got on the internet and said, what are the most toxic people saying? Let's make mm-hmm. a movie only for them. And then yeah. what do we learn? If you make a movie only for them, you have a movie that not only is boring, doesn't do anything new, doesn't do anything interesting, but is mm-hmm. so bad that the characters mm-hmm. aren't even the same characters from the movie before. Nothing works. Nothing no. works. Which yeah, is why I am I am so a little, good. I don't know if they learned the right lesson, but we just had um, Kathleen Kennedy of Lucasfilm say <laughs> that Star Wars is going to move away from telling stories about legacy characters. And I mm-hmm. think that is the correct choice. We've already heard yeah. the rumor that Ryan Johnson and Taika Waititi are working on a Star Wars trilogy, and it's going to be set a thousand years before Luke Skywalker is born. Thank God. I love it. I yeah. think you're going to like my what a pitch category. Okay. <laughs> oh. All right. Are we good? Are we feeling like moving Don't forward to the end of the show? Uh, uh, well, yeah. I didn't mean to. Uh, yeah. Any more hot takes, John? I, I, yeah, yeah. Any more hot takes uh, before I'm we move on? To, I'm filtering through. I'm trying to see if there's anything that I missed because I'm sure there's a lot that I missed. Um, oh, well, you know, we get the the beautiful um, story of Darth Plagueis. That's a cool lies. scene. That's genuinely a cool Great. scene. Them going to watch uh, Blitzball. Yeah. That's what I always yeah, called it. The, I've always called it the a... like most amazing, strange, like water opera yeah. going on in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, that needs to happen in the future. Did you ever so play? Did you ever play Final Fantasy make sure X? That happens. No, I haven't played so any Final of Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy X came out four years before Episode Three, Revenge of the Sith, and the mm-hmm. main character is a sports star in a game. So in this world, whatever they can all breathe underwater, and they play a game called Blitzball, which is like soccer rugby in a giant zero gravity sphere of water and the audience watches and i swear to god that is what they're watching they were just like blitzball's cool we're gonna remix blitzball and put it in star wars (laughs) can i can i just say that there need to be more movies that are like sports movies but take place within fictional worlds and need to just be about like some made up sport because bring it on. That would I'm actually be very pitch cool. it again. That'd be very podcast cool. or er, pod podcast. racing, pod racing, <laughs> podcast, sports film. Okay. Uh, uh, no pod racing, Quidditch, or just make up some dumb yeah, that'd be ass cool. futuristic sport. I want to watch it. There's I, a I'm really not, I awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's why it, I love Legend of Korra. Um, Legend of Korra, bam! Give oh, me yeah, some we got a whole episode bending. of pro bending, and it's so much fun. Best. Give me. Um, there's this really great music video um, from Justice. Um, their music video for Newlands has this like it's all about this futurist futuristic sport, and it's like baseball, football, motorcycling, uh, roller derby, all combined <laughs> into one sport, and it's spectacular. And I would watch an entire movie about that sport. I love so, that. Should we have Justice, a Rocket League movie? That would be <laughs> unhinged. <League> movie? Absolutely. <laughs> like, how cool would that be? Be nuts. They'd, be have really to, they'd have to finally answer the question, because the devs of that game will not answer the question, are these remote control cars or are there drivers in them? And they just will not oh, answer that question. Definitely. I, I think you got to have drivers in them. Absolutely. That's the stakes. And, oh, I would watch a... Um, what, if, what if it was like Ricky Bobby, but... Not, but uh, <laughs> Like in the vein of that comedy, but it's Rocket League. I mean, we did have the uh, full circle again. We have that Speed Racer movie. We'll do a whole episode on Speed Racer one day because I love yeah, that. Yeah, Speed yeah. Racer is a good. Speed Racer is um, a good. But hey, uh, uh, tragically, I have to go to work. So let's. <laughs> no, let's, yeah, no, oh, yeah, I get we it. Even, we no. even have plans, and I didn't realize how close uh, we were to three p.m. Oh, yeah. 
Um, um, yeah, so, so uh, I, I'll let you guys do this. I already yeah, kind of yeah. Really host. Introduce, introduce so we like to end. The easiest if I go. Yeah, first. yeah, sure. We like to yeah. end the show with a little game we call "What a Pitch," <clears throat> and what a pitch is where our guest pitches us a prompt for a movie, TV show, video game, or zine, and we have thirty seconds to fill that prompt with whatever we can think of, and then our guest picks a winner. Uh, Dagny's gonna go first this week because why not? I'm gonna mute my headphones and mute myself. Easy. Go nuts! I'm muted, so I can't hear you. Go nuts! Excellent. So, <clears throat> Billy's an idiot. <laughs> nope, he can't hear. He can't us. hear okay, us. Cool. Um, okay, so we're gonna play. We're gonna do a little role play. Uh, I oh. am Kathleen Kennedy, and you are Rain Johnson, and you get to pitch me the new Star Wars trilogy that has nothing legacy characters. Oh, it can't be pod racing the movie. It can't be. Okay, wait, hold on. I'm a monster. Ka- sorry, who's Kathleen P? I'm she so sorry. She is like kind of like head of Lucasfilm. <clears throat> oh, she is. Okay, she's like yeah, is the big. Okay. Um, I mean, can we have a Samuel L. Jackson um story? Uh, you tell me. Um, the thing is, I don't know specifics enough about Star Wars to really speak super eloquently about. Um, That's fine. You can, you yeah, can if there's but, like a special element that you're like, I want to see a, a trilogy about this. Bring it on. Hmm. Can we just? No, we can't read. Um, <laughs> actually, you know what? Can I pull a character from the new ones? Sure. Yeah. No. This. Uh, yeah. Sure. Um, I say that now. I can't remember her name. Rose? Is that the character's name? Mm, yes. I would love to see her sister and her, um, because I one of the strongest parts, I think, of the new movies was the opening with her sister sacrificing herself. Mm-hmm. Am I making that up? No. That happened? That, that happened. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see their relationship and how they got to where they were, because I think that is a really good moment amongst maybe not the best film. Um, but yeah, I think Rose, again, the fandom shit on her and Mm -hmm. they made her a smaller character because she wasn't well liked on fucking Reddit. Um, and I think she's great and I think she has a lot of potential. Um, so yeah, that was not a lot of details, but I would love to see, you know, a female specific Star Wars film that explores their relationship with sisters and how they came to come back. Excellent. Okay. Coming back. All right. I'm back. Okay, Sorry, here we go. I had to ask him a little. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was way more than thirty seconds, but thank you. Yeah, the pitch was about hell. thirty seconds. All right, all right. Let's get into okay, it. Okay, here we go. Uh, what I said was we're gonna p- do a little role play, and uh, I am Kathleen Kennedy, okay. and you are Rain Johnson, and you are pitching me the new Star Wars trilogy. Hey, Kathleen. Um, <laughs> Hi. That's insult. That's sexist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I made the only interesting new interpretation of star wars since empire strikes back uh and i want to make a new trilogy but i don't want to be bogged down by these shitty fans and the skywalker saga i this is it i mean i think that's what he's doing i think it's it i mean honestly i would like to see an old republic movie because to a hot sorry to everyone because the knights of the old republic games are very good but because they've not been on film they don't have to be canon and so we could have any interpretation of the old republic we wanted and I think that would be very cool. I also think it would be fine if in 20 to 30 years we do a, a, a another trilogy or another Star Wars movie with Daisy Ridley. And we can just be like, Luke, Leia, Han are dead. Not talking about it. Not doing that. Whole new interpretation. Whole new anything. That would still be bogged down by nostalgia, though. I really think the Old Republic is the most interesting choice. Yeah. And I would like to see that. I would like to see, but I also, I also would like. I know I'm all over the place, um, but I, in the thirty seconds. I know I'm no, so sorry. Ahead, but I, I also ahead. would like to see like a Star Wars movie that doesn't have to be like Solo 
was just a heist film with Han yeah, Solo in it. And I think more genre films set in the Star Wars universe would be cool. Like I do as like the Mandalorian is the samurai old West movies. Um, I would just like, yeah, like just like a heist film. I mean, like you said, I'd watch a pod wrestling movie. Uh, there's no right answer, but I just think moving away from tying everything to the Skywalkers and letting the universe breathe would be the most interesting choice. Okay. Billy okay. McCartney, you just pitched four movies. Yeah, I was about to say, so. now you have to you have to take those four four ideas and choose one. Cool. We're gonna do a gay romp between two Jedi's <laughs> in the old republic, falling in love and being best friends, written by Taika Waititi, who secretly makes everything just a little bit gay. Starring Billy Eichner. Starring Billy McCartney. <laughs> starring me. Starring Billy How McCartney. dare yes, you? Yes, yes, yes. I'm in this movie. Yeah, and I have dare. a double-sided green or purple lightsaber. I haven't decided. We'll figure it out in post. Why not both? I mean, it's double-sided. Yeah. That just seems, I, that seems, that seems too much. I don't, know, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> too much? <laughs> well, John, you have to pick a winner. Now I have to choose. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Dagny. It's okay. We're gonna, Mine we can great. talk about this in couple counseling. Um, <laughs> but I am going to go with Billy. I... I That's okay. love Mine, me some old Republic. Yeah, I pulled from I pulled a character from uh, Billy. You'll listen to this, but um, I wanted to see a prequel with Rose and her sister and exploring how they got to the point where her sister sacrificed. Oh, that could be fun. That. that could be fun because they're, they're yeah they're again, very young, Rose but they're a part on. of the rebellion. Yeah, Rose deserves better. Rose deserves yeah. better. Yeah, and and there's a lot. <laughs> there's a I mean, it definitely felt like they were building up for that story to be way bigger than it was. And, and that's, yeah. again, like, I think where we see the conflicting um, uh, visionaries, yeah. you know, behind the, the series being like, I want to explore this. And they're like, too bad. I couldn't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're cutting that out, you know, or, or what have you. Well, um, and I mean, so. and it's also, it's not a great look for Kathleen Kennedy or J.J. Abrams to be like, this one character was bullied off of social media because of how racist the fandom was. Uh, we're now going to cut the only lead Asian character in the history of Star Wars down to 90 seconds of screen time. Uh, not a not a great crazy. look. Not a great look. No, but I think she's fantastic. So that I was my too. pitch. Okay, I get a little I more like specific. It. Actually, not really. That's about what I said. Winner, winner, but, chicken yeah. dinner. Well, Congrats, thanks, John. Billy. Thanks for coming well, and doing another fucking you. Star Wars episode. This was a blast. Yeah, uh, yeah I will always bring. I'm I'm always happy to talk about Star Wars. So yeah, we can um we can continue this part two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. There's like three episodes, yeah. and I just came in and talked about each individual each one. Ooh, we that would have been fun. We could. I could have done that. I could have done it. I'm gonna cat. Uh, Sorry. Well, hey, well, thank you for having me. Thanks for doing it, John. It was lovely as always. Yeah, I dragged him onto this as our guest today. I'm kidding. He actually volunteered, so he was ready to talk about these prequels. Yeah, I love. I live I welcomed it. it with open arms, and I assumed you would be very receptive to it. Um, <laughs> but John, is there anything you'd like to promote? Um, is there anything I want to? You can promote cut. Have people watch your show? Sure. If people want to see me get punched in the face, uh, you can go on to YouTube and check out. Butterfly Twist, right? I don't do a butterfly twist. No. Oh, but there is a. No, there isn't a butterfly twist in this. No. I need to rewatch it. There are some flips. But uh, I do do fight choreography. And so uh, I have a short on YouTube called Cut. you can watch me get punched in the face. It's it's a sort of um, action comedy. Uh, I'm also going to be coming out with another short um, that I just did some choreography for nice. uh, with Jamie Costa. Um, and uh, that's very exciting. Um, excuse me. Jake Lewis was the director. Got to be a, a samurai for a little bit, which was super fun. Um, 
And yeah, that's all I really got. Look nice. out for a potential Star Wars related video. <laughs> I've seen a rough cut and it's so funny. Um, <laughs> so that might be coming out soon. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> now you have to do it. You've told, I know. You've told the world. Um, well, all right. thank you, John, um, for coming over to my apartment. You were already here and <laughs> just recording this with me instead of listening to me talk one-sided from the other room. Um, but this has been Poptimist. If you enjoyed this episode, please listen to other episodes. And if you're a Star Wars fan, we have with the Kevin Keeling. Um, I don't remember exactly what number it was. It's but called we have the Star episode. Wars episode. So go check it out. Oh, okay. But well, we can be the Star Wars the episode Star part Wars. two. Right. It might be. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so be sure to check out our other episodes. Um, and for updates, sorry, my cat is chewing on my computer. Um, for updates of when new episodes come out, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Pod. And if you have any hot takes of your own, be sure to email us at poptimuspod at gmail.com. If you're interested in being a guest, I'm um, sorry, Wesley, stop. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, if you're interested in being a guest, even feel free to email us and we would love to um, have you on if you have a, a take of your own that you would love to talk about. Um, and other than that, be sure to comment, subscribe, rate, five stars, all that good stuff on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening. And I think that is all. Nice. Um, oh, and if you have a what a pitch, be sure to comment it in this episode. We would love to read it. Um, I think that's everything. Yeah. Everybody say goodbye. Goodbye. Music. John, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.